Well, welcome everybody to the Water Cooler. I'm David Brody. I'm glad you're with us. It's Friday the 13th. <laughs> and if you're a Trump fan, Joe Biden is basically Freddy Krueger. Uh, if you're a Democrat, uh, Donald Trump is also like Freddy Krueger because he just won't go away. No matter how many times you try to politically knife the guy, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she's fed up, especially with Republicans. The longer the Republicans keep up the charade, the further out of control the COVID crisis will sp spiral and more endangered Americans will be. I urge our Republicans to accept the facts, acknowledge the crisis, and immediately come to the table uh, to work on COVID relief. Nancy's got to lose the mask. I can barely understand her, by the way. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, by the way, may be upset, uh, but so is MAGA Nation. And guess what, America? They're coming. Oh, by the way, they're coming. Check out Richmond, Virginia last night. Thousands gathering as part of a million MAGA march as they head up to the nation's capital for a huge Saturday rally in support of the president. And they're getting in the patriotic mood. Well, that won't be the only rally in town. Uh, the Stop the Steal March for Trump rally is also going to be descending on D.C. as well. Get ready for a very interesting weekend, by the way, in our nation's capital. I want to discuss all of this further with our first guest, the one and only. That's right. I said it. The one and only Roger Stone. Roger, great to have you back on the program. David, it's great to be here. Well, tell us about the rallies this weekend. You've been obviously you're right at the front of this, the Stop the Steal movement. Uh, what can we expect? What's your sense, Roger? Well, I think the rallies and the peaceful protests this weekend are absolutely crucial because we're facing a mainstream media, internet-based media uh, a blackout, a blockade of the truth, of the facts. Uh, it's really unlike anything we've seen in American history uh, previously. It's like mass hypnosis. No, there's no evidence of voter fraud. When in fact, there's overwhelming and compelling evidence of voter fraud. I believe more than enough to overturn the results in a number of these states. So the only way we can break through is the way President Trump broke through at the end of the campaign by uh, by massive turnouts uh, in all the major cities across the country, but most importantly in the national capital and in the state capitals in the swing states. Uh, and therefore, I urge those who can to head to Washington uh, for peaceful protest. It's about numbers. In numbers, there is strength. Um, and you have a number of conservative organizations co-sponsoring uh, this uh, peaceful protest, this rally in Washington, D.C. this weekend. Now, interestingly enough, the Trump campaign is not cooperating with that effort. So this is a completely grassroots effort um, by individual conservative groups, many of whom are friends of mine. So I, I urge folks to turn out. Or if you can't get to Washington, head to your own state capital because there is almost certainly a similar event going on there. Is that a good thing, Roger, that the Trump campaign is not involved in this? In other words, it's more organically grassroots? Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a quizzical thing. It doesn't make sense to me. Why would we spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to build an extraordinary database of Trump supporters? Uh, we spent so much money on it. That in fact, we had no money in the Trump campaign, when I say we, Trump supporters, but there was no money in the Trump campaign for late media. So uh, the president ended up getting outspent massively by Joe Biden on 
uh, broadcast television, cable television, uh, digital advertising. The Trump campaign utilized radio almost not at all, even though it's one of the most effective ways of reaching two of their key groups, Hispanic voters with Spanish language radio and uh, black voters uh, with urban radio. Unfortunately, we didn't have the money for either one of those. But it would be great if the Trump campaign would lend their database and blast notification of these important events uh, across the, the country. I can't tell you why they're not doing it. I can only tell you that they're not. Roger, uh, look, you've been called a lot of things uh, from your critics, but one thing they cannot deny is that you have a brilliant political mind. So then the question becomes, how does this end for Trump in a positive way? What needs to happen? I understand numbers are important, and I understand these rallies are significant, more than significant. But what electorally has to happen? How does he, where's the smoking gun? What do they do? I mean, what's the path here, Roger? What's the path? Well, if you go to uh, stonecoldtruth.com, which is my website, stonecoldtruth.com, I've just posted a long piece entitled, the path forward for Donald Trump. It's really pretty simple. Uh, he has to, he and his lawyers have to bring legal actions in at least five states, maybe as many as seven, using the strongest arguments regarding the very specifics of uh, voter fraud in those states, looking uh, at the decisions already made by the U.S. Supreme Court in this area, a number of them already have been made, uh, to uh, make sure that they're going in with their strongest argument. In other words, the Trump campaign may have multiple causes, causes of action in, say, Arizona or Georgia or Michigan. They have to choose the strongest one. If they are defeated in the state court, they, of course, then have the ability to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court, which I think is the strategy forward. If the, uh, if the uh, court decisions um, uh, are uh, not clear, the Electoral College may or may not become deadlocked. If it becomes deadlocked, then that decision would go to the House. If it is not deadlocked, I would remind everybody that Republican state legislatures still need to authorize the electors being sent to uh, the Electoral College meeting. What that means is the legislators have a moral obligation to examine the uh, integrity of the vote in their states, and they could decide to send different electors. This has happened in our history. So uh, there's a lot to be done here before a decision is made. Let's just be clear about two key things. Joe Biden has not been elected president. He is an average private citizen today with no special rights to anything. He claims to have been elected president. He's right to say whatever he wants, but ABC and the New York Times and the others, they don't decide who the president is. The Electoral College does. And there is not only uh, massive evidence of voter fraud that they tell you doesn't exist. Next, they'll be telling you the world is flat and there is no gravity. Wait for that. Uh, and uh, there are very real legal issues that very real, serious lawyers believe have an excellent chance of uh, winning uh, yeah. at the, both the state and federal court level. You've been a close uh, personal friend uh, and, of course, a business associated with uh, Donald Trump for a very long time. What's your what's your advice in a room with Donald Trump uh, to, to give him uh, the path forward you talk about? What's your kind of your overall advice to him right now? Well, the, uh, the overall advice I guess I would give the president would be stay the course. In other words, we know from media reports that there are a number around him who are, who are urging him to concede urging him to throw in the towel. 
I think those who ignore and don't acknowledge corruption uh, are essentially abetting corruption. I actually think the president has an obligation, if not for himself, for the country, and for his party for all time to get to the bottom of this. Here's the bottom line. I think the president, if he will just see the course through, as I write today, I believe he will end up with four more years. If he does not, then roughly 50% of the people in the country will believe that Joe Biden is not the legitimate president. Uh, and uh, that will make the party much stronger going into 2022, when if we win the House, we can then use the investigative uh, authority of the House Intelligence and Oversight Judiciary Committee, the way the Democrats did when they had it, the way we didn't when we had it, uh, and start to find out uh, about what has happened, not only in the 2020 election, but I don't think we're finished with the Russian collusion uh, uh, disaster. We need to know what the role of people like John Brennan and James Clapper and James Comey and Andrew McCabe. Either that or we have a two-tier justice system in which people like Roger Stone and General Flynn have their lives destroyed, but people who are guilty of far larger crimes go unpunished. Doesn't yeah. seem fair to me. Doesn't seem equitable. Sounds to me like a two-tier justice system. So only by reelecting Republicans, only by taking the House, uh, trying to hold on to this White House, are we ever going to get to the bottom of that? Roger, your voice uh, is, is significant when it comes to these rallies. You've been on the leading edge of all of this. There's going to be some left-wing and right-wing, call them whatever you want, groups uh, you know, on both sides this weekend. I'm assuming, I know you've called for peaceful protests. That's what you want to see. Uh, how concerned are you that this thing could get ugly because it, it just seems like we're in a powder keg situation here? Well, it's a very significant uh, concern because the Democrats have been very, very direct about their intention to foster violence. The guy running their uh, election integrity project, a dirty trickster named Norm Eisen, uh, this guy makes me look like Rebecca from Sunnybrook Farm. He's written a book about how to steal an election, how you, uh, how you exercise or you implement voter fraud, uh, and then how you whip the populace into a frenzy about it. And then lastly, most importantly, how you use violent protesters to force your way at the end. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, they're very open about the fact that if they don't like the election result, they'll burn America down. I renounce violence. I'm against violence. We settle things in America in court, not in the streets. That said, I do understand that individual citizens who are attacked will defend themselves. I hope that doesn't happen. I'm praying that it doesn't happen, which comes to the most important part of this, I guess. We need to be praying. Every American who believes, every American who believes in God in the, and God's divine uh, guidance for this country needs to pray this weekend for a just result. If you want living proof that prayer works, if you want to see that God can do anything, yeah. take a good look at me. I'm, I'm walking proof of that. Well, I was targeted for destruction, yep. and God delivered me from my persecutors. Now he needs to deliver this country from its persecutors. Roger, thank you so much. Amen to that. Really appreciate you being here. Good luck. All right, that's Roger Stone, the one and only Roger Stone, the Trump campaign, when we come back. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, look, uh, big fan of Excedrin. I-, I don't know if that really sounded great. Uh, I am, uh, and I was taking a lot during the campaign. But can you imagine now? I am uh, going to the IV drip of Excedrin with all these lawsuits uh, left and right. I I don't know what to make, heads, tails. I have a whole long list. I ran them to my wife the other night. She's like, great, take out the garbage. Who cares? All right, joining me now, uh, Aaron Perini uh, with the Trump campaign. Uh, Aaron, uh, good to see you again. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's good to see you as well. Well, I don't even know where to begin. Why don't you kind of take us through the latest of of where we are in some of these legal fights and what some of the, uh, maybe the optimism is from the Trump campaign at this point? Absolutely. Well, today started the hand recount in Georgia of all of the ballots there, making sure that we maintain a free and fair election process and that we can trust the outcome there. In Pennsylvania yesterday, a judge ruled in favor of the campaign when it came to uh, the Secretary of State trying to usurp authority there. Now, let's be clear that Secretary of State in Pennsylvania actively Uh, disparages the president of the United States. She clearly has a political motive, but the courts there ruled in our favor on behalf of the campaign to not allow her to arbitrarily move a date and try to make herself a super legislator. Uh, In Michigan, we have serious concerns right now when it comes to the Dominion soft where, uh, and we are raising questions there as well to try and make sure we're not certifying anything. Listen, we've got a lot of things going on on this campaign to make sure we maintain a free and fair election process here in the United States that the American people can trust the outcome. And for the media and for Democrats to try and say that this is over, it is not. They spent millions of dollars and years pursuing a fake Russia hoax against President Trump. Everybody can be patient, allow the legal system to work, and make sure we count legal ballots, do not count illegal ballots, and that we maintain a fair election system here in the United States. Yeah, Aaron, I don't think there's any question that it's been journalistic malpractice as to what we have seen. Uh, no question about it. And we've done plenty of segments on it. We'll continue to do that. Let, let me ask you about the uh, Dominion voting systems, because I've got to tell you, there are so many Trump supporters out there Uh, hoping, praying that this could be the smoking gun. I know you've got some other smoking guns potentially out there, but that Dominion voting system, what can you tell us about uh, this potential that uh, hundreds of thousands, maybe a couple million votes may have been changed? We just don't know, but, but what is the sense exactly as to how serious this could be? Absolutely. What we're asking for, specifically in a state like Michigan, is equal access and access to the information pertaining to the Dominion voting systems. We have serious concerns about their ability to properly count votes. We know that there were ballots that were cast for the president and then changed, but caught and changed back. So that allows room for the question about the Dominion voting systems. A state like Texas refused to purchase those systems because they knew that they were easy to manipulate. That's what the lieutenant governor himself has said. We have questions. We are asking for access to those systems to be able to make sure that we don't have widespread issues. And if there are, that we rectify those 
And for Democrats or anybody to not allow access to that information pertaining to the Dominion voting system is trying to undermine election integrity. So the access to the systems, is are you looking at that in Michigan only or are you looking at it in other states as well? Uh, currently, we're looking at it in Michigan as that's where we have seen the uh, instance when it came to the six thousand votes. But obviously, where there is an opportunity, we will continue to pursue every legal avenue for President Trump, especially when it pertains to the Dominion voting systems and anywhere that we see a regularity, opportunity for fraud, anything along those lines, we're going to make sure we use every legal avenue to protect election integrity. Aaron, what can you tell us about the president's uh, disposition, his mood? I mean, what's, what's your sense within the campaign or even in the campaign itself? Because, I, you know, we haven't heard from the president much in the last week. I know he did that uh, interview on paper there uh, with uh, Washington Examiner's Byron York. He said, never count him out. And, you know, it's funny because I just said a few days ago, I said, one thing about President Trump, never <laughs> don't bet against Trump. I, I mean, that's one thing I think the media probably has never learned, but they probably should. Well, what's your sense within the Trump campaign as to what what he's like now and what and what you guys what the feeling is there at the campaign? Yeah, I was with the president yesterday in the Oval Office uh, meeting with him. He is in great spirits. He wants to make sure that every legal vote is counted and that every illegal vote is not counted. Because it's not just about him, but it's about the integrity of the democracy that he fights to defend as president and as a citizen as well. He wants to make sure that we can trust the outcome of every election. He wants updates frequently from the campaign. He wants to know what's going on in each and every state to make sure that we are investigating absolutely everything. Our voter fraud hotline that we opened up on the campaign brought in over 11,000 credible instances that we are continuing to pursue. The president knows that he's the biggest fighter, the biggest fighter for the American people. And on the campaign, we're going to continue to fight for him. Real quick, uh, has the Biden campaign reached out at all? I mean, has there been any sense of a, what they're going to want to transition? I mean, have there been any discussions there? I certainly haven't ha heard anything of that myself, but uh, I think that would be a bit more on the official side when it yeah. came to that. But listen, never count President Trump out. We're going to make sure that we maintain election integrity here in the United States. It's so critical to the foundation of who we are as a nation. Right. Before I let you go, I want to ask you about Georgia real quick. Uh, the hand count underway and then, of course, the machine count apparently after that. Uh, Doug Collins uh, the Republican congressman is pretty frustrated, actually, with the Georgia officials. Let me read you something uh, that he put out to the uh, GOP. This is what he said. We, we right now to express our serious concerns uh, regarding the training and directives issued today as to how the hand count is being conducted by the counties. And then he went, goes on to say, absent immediate revisions, the people of Georgia cannot have confidence that the hand count and audit were meaningful or delivered on the promised objectives. What's your sense of what's going on in Georgia and what Doug Collins has to say there? We're still very much in the early stages of the hand count in Georgia. Um, this is a, an opportunity for an audit of those votes to make sure that, again, we are protecting uh, those who legally are allowed to vote in the United States and in Georgia. And any ballot that should not have been cast or cannot be uh, made sure that it was an actual legal count, that we move that to the side because it's important that we have an accurate count of votes here in the United States. Uh, this process is going to take a few days. They have until the middle of next week to finish this out. So it's still in the early stages, um, but we feel confident that we're going to be able to get a, a good outcome in Georgia when it comes to maintaining the integrity there.
Aaron Perini, always great to see you. Thanks for coming on. And uh, well. I hope to check back with you next week or someone from the campaign. Yeah. All right. We'll be here. Uh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they're probably going to be there until about December 8th or longer, because if this gets into a constitutional crisis, the situation there will get nasty. December 8th. Remember the date. All right. Coming uh, next, Stephanie uh, Rawlings Blake. There's so many. Uh, the hyphen, the whole thing. Stephanie Rawlings Blake, the former mayor of Baltimore, big Biden fan. We'll talk to her when we come back. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. All right, call him Joe Biden, call him President-elect Biden. I guess it depends on where your political allegiances lie or lay or lie. I don't know. I'm not good at grammar. I was never good at grammar. Uh, but I can tell you our next guest knows exactly what to call him. She's going to call him President-elect Joe Biden because uh, Stephanie Rawlings-Blake joins us now, the former mayor of Baltimore and a big Joe Biden supporter. Stephanie, always great to see you. Thanks for coming back on the show. It is my pleasure uh, to be here. And, and not only do I call him vice president-elect, but the Department of Homeland Security said that this was the most secure election in our history. Uh, so I'm pretty sure they're calling him president-elect Biden as well. Well, fair, fair enough, Stephanie. And that's a good transition. So let's just talk about the transition, uh, because there are some Republicans saying, look, this, this uh, president-elect, Joe Biden, needs to uh, basically get up to speed on everything from intelligence to national security. And Nancy Pelosi and others have been very frustrated that Republicans are, are coming way late to the party here. What's, what's, uh, what, what's the danger inherent in all of that? I think the danger in the uh, slow transition is just like the danger in politicizing masks. Uh, our, our current president is very willing to put the country at risk, our health and our safety at risk by politicizing mask wearing. Uh, he's doing the same thing with politicizing the transition. If he has, if he believes uh, that the, the courts and he was, he has touted the number of uh, jurists he's put in place uh, during his administration, if he trusts the courts, uh, then he should proceed with the transition. And if the, the courts that he believes in uh, overturn the election, so be it. Uh, nothing is lost. But by the fact that he is refusing uh, to allow the potential transition means that he's willing to put our, our country's safety at risk. The 9-11 Commission spoke very clearly that the delayed transition put our country at risk. And the only thing I can think of is that he's putting his needs above the, the needs and the security of our country. Stephanie, let me push back a, a little bit on that. Uh, shouldn't the legal fight continue until, I mean, Joe Biden even said in the debate, real quick, Joe Biden even said during the debate, he was asked specifically, should uh, he tell his supporters to hold off until the actual vote is certified? And he said yes. And so it technically hasn't been certified yet. So what's the, what's the reaction there? I appreciate the technicality that has <laughs> nothing to do with whether or not the transition can proceed. Uh, President-elect Biden can have the security briefings that he is entitled to on a daily basis without having anything to do with uh, taking away from the president's day in court or the potential certification has nothing to do with that. Uh, Vice President Biden can be given the office space that he, I mean, excuse me, President-elect Biden can be given the office space that he's entitled to and start the process of transition with nothing being lost. This is money in the budget that is for transition. If by chance the courts overturn um, the election and uh, 
our current president is in for a second term, nothing is lost because that money is appropriated for transition. No, I think I think that's a fair point. And uh, even Senator James Lankford and many others, even Lindsey Graham saying, you know, you know, give him give him some access here. So no, I, I hear what you're saying. Let me ask you about covid uh, and mm-hmm. what this president elect Biden uh, may do uh, or may not do when it comes to covid. I want to show you uh, there's a headline here uh, that we have, but just the news dot com. It says Biden lockdown coming advisor suggests four to six weeks may be necessary to control pandemic. Uh, what do you make of what this advisor uh, had, had said and what's your sense of what's going to happen under Joe Biden and COVID? I think the, uh, the advisors, the scientists have been clear that the goal is to get the pandemic under control, to reduce the spread so we do not have to shut down the country. We're trying to shut down the disease not the country. Uh, The challenge is the lack of a national plan uh, in response to the COVID um, pandemic. The the challenge is uh, a president who'd rather play golf uh, than uh, do the the work of of being the president. We haven't heard from him in, uh, I think, over a week um, at this point. And this is with the largest amount of uh, corona cases in this pandemic, we have we do not hear from him. We do not have a sense of if the um, the task force, the Corona, the COVID task force, is even meeting on a daily basis. So what I know is that President-elect Biden believes in science. He trusts the scientists, and he will do everything in his power to in- increase the amount of uh, masks being worn. So we can save lives and get our country back on track. Yeah, and I'm telling you, half the country totally agrees with you. Uh, probably about half the country doesn't agree with you. <laughs> uh, but but I am curious, though, and you're a straight shooter, Stephanie. I love having you on the program because, you, 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 you know, you just tell it like it is. There, there's a lot of folks in this country, half the country, that did not vote for Joe Biden that's really paranoid and scared about, like, national mask mandates, you know, the federal government telling us what we're going to do. I mean, you know, everybody's getting obviously sick and tired of COVID, and I think they're feeling like the federal government's going to just really clamp down to the point where it's going to be even worse for their liberties. What, what do you say to people like that? I say to people like that, please wake up. Wake up, look at yourself in the mirror and understand that you have an independent mind. You can make decisions that actually make common sense. You would not go to a doctor and have someone perform surgery without them wearing a mask. Your dentist even wears a mask. Why? Because it is to reduce or restrict the spread of unwanted germs. The same thing is with masks. And with with respect to um, infringing on our freedoms, the federal government does that on a daily basis. I have a lead foot. I like to drive fast. What does the federal government say? (laughs) No, there are speed limits. And while you're in your car driving the speed limits, you must wear a seatbelt. Now, I do like seatbelts. I wouldn't, you know, not wear a seatbelt. But if I had a problem with the seatbelt or a helmet, in many cases, those are personal, those are freedoms that are being restricted. Why? For the greater good. So I tell those your, the, the people that you're talking about, wake up, use your brain. You know better. There is a fine line. I, we only have about 10, 15 seconds, but there is a fine line between, you know, what's freedom and what limits your freedom. And, it, it, you know, it's always been a tricky situation. Not when deaths are concerned. There's no tricky situation there. 
All right. Well, we'll continue the conversation next time. How's that sound? Thank you, Stephanie. Love it. All right. That's great. Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, always great to have her on the show. Uh, We're getting all viewpoints here at, at, uh, what's the name of the show again? Oh, it's the water cooler, right? Just, I, sometimes I've just got to double check. Uh, You know, look, it's a lack of sleep. All right. We've got a lot more on the program. uh, And especially later on, we're going to hear from Sophie Mann. Wait to hear about some of the stuff we're working on at justthenews.com. We're back in a moment. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, So we're going to talk about voter fraud because we really haven't talked about that all that much in this show or in the last week. Of course we have. Why? Because President Trump says, hold on for a second. Who says Joe Biden's president-elect? He's still president. He, Donald Trump, is still president of the United States, and he believes he's going to be president of the United States come January 20th. Well, we'll see about that. It could be a Hail Mary situation. But let's get more about that now from uh, Ted Harvey, uh, the chairman of the Committee to Defend the President, uh, the largest super PAC out there, uh, and, of course, the former Colorado uh, state senator. Uh, Ted Harvey, great to see you, sir. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, I don't even quite know where to begin other than why don't we just kind of get a sense of what the PAC is doing and, and, and how you all are going to be helpful to the president in this fight, because it's a fight. It is a fight. If you've been watching the news over the last 48 hours, the, the president is is going forward and pushing all of the states to do recounts. He's um, suing the states to make sure that they don't certify their ballots before um, they, they get through the recounts and get through with all of the various lawsuits that are going on. One of the states that we are focusing on with the Committee to Defend the President is uh, Georgia, where the president is losing by, I don't know, about 10,000 votes. But there are a lot of questions in, in what was going on in that election. And one of the ones specifically is the out of out of country military ballots that have been coming in. And so we are actively involved in that. We're spending about $100,000 in a lawsuit there to make sure that every one of the military ballots gets counted and counted correctly. And also to make sure that these votes that shouldn't be counted are not getting counted. Those that were from people who didn't live in the state any longer or those who no longer are alive. And um, so we're doing everything we can to make sure that the president wins Georgia. Uh, let me ask you, Ted, uh, how many ballots that may be. Any sense in Georgia in terms of the military ballots? I mean, obviously, probably not going to be over 10,000, but I would think that a lot of those will probably be Republican ballots if they're counted. One would think so. That, that there, were prob- there was over 20,000 military ballots that came in. We're trying to determine how many of those were actually counted thus far. And see, you know, if even if it's just a couple thousand that we're able to change those votes, you get it down, you get it down. All of these issues um, are going to move the, in the president's direction in the next couple of days. Yeah. What is your sense regarding Georgia and the hand count? I know there was concern by Doug Collins down there, uh, this idea that, uh, you know, they're not quite sure if some of the procedures don't change, that they're not sure if that hand count's going to be as accurate as they would like it to be. Are, are you comfortable with what they're doing down there in Georgia? I know it's early in the process. Well, I think it's very important that we have hand counts being done. If you look at the um, the, the n- number of ballots that were submitted with just a presidential uh, circle filled in on the, on the absentee ballots, um, Trump only got 800 of those ballots. If you look at those that Biden got, it was over 95,000 of those ballots where they just filled in for the presidential race and nothing down. Normally, it's just about 3% of the actual ballots that come in that that happens. But to have 95,000 ballots come in that 
were only voted for uh, President or Vice President Biden. I think that's something suspicious there. And I want to get to the bottom of that and see if they were all filled in by the same person or not. And if they were, then we need to throw those ballots out. All right. So just so I understand what you're saying, 95,000 ballots. Help, help me. Uh, let me understand this again. 95,000 ballots were going towards Biden, only Biden, only on the on the ticket. Right. In, in, in political science, we know what, that there is an average of people that just vote for the top line and they don't vote the rest of the ticket. And, and that's about 3% of the overall ballots that typically do that. But in this election, of those people that just voted the top line, the presidential ballot and nothing else, Trump got about 818 of those ballots and Biden got 95,000 of those ballots of people that just voted top line and not a single uh, race down ballot. It's crazy. Wow. And if you look at all of the ballots that they did fill in, the president and at least one below, Trump won by about um, 300,000. So, uh, Ted, it's one thing to say something fishy is going on here. It's another thing to prove it. Where, where, are, you guys in that where are you guys in that sense? I mean, how confident are you that you can get to the, the final truth here? Well, we're not actively participating in that part of it, but that hopefully that will be what comes out in the actual hand count, that they look at every one of those ballots that was filled in by hand and see if it was the same hand that was filling them out. If you have you know, a substantial number of those ballots where it was filled in with the exact same ink, the exact same pen, um, all of those ballots should be thrown out. And like I said, there was 95,000 ballots that were done so, and Trump is only behind by about 10,000 votes. So this is a pretty significant issue, not to mention the, the military ballots that we are actively involved in. Ted, what do you say to, to Trump supporters who don't want to lose hope, but at the same time, you know, there's a drumbeat out there and the, and the media has declared Joe Biden president-elect, and let's be honest, I mean, if they could christen him tomorrow, they would. So, so what, what do you say uh, to Trump supporters? Because this is a fight but time is not on your side necessarily. Well, I don't think we have to say much to the Trump supporters. They are 100% behind the president, 100% behind getting to the bottom of this election and making sure that the, the corruption that is being found out is brought to the American people's attention. And we've got to break through the media. Um, obviously, you all are doing a great job in, in talking about all of the corruption that was going on, but we've got to get to the courts and we've got to show the courts what was going on and then have the media respond to the actual evidence that is brought forward. And if you look at the voting machines and the number of votes that were switched from Trump to Biden through glitches all across the country, um, it's incredibly suspicious about what was going on. And we need to get to the bottom of that. And the Trump supporters understand that this is going to be a major issue that we're going to have to get to the bottom of. It's yeah. getting to the media and having them tell the truth about what it is. You think the Dominion voting system may be a smoking gun out there? This could be a big one. I think it is the smoking gun. When you look at the fact that over 2 million votes were changed from Trump to Biden across the country, um, that, that is outrageous. And I think the more we are, the, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, statisticians and data specialists that are looking into this. And the more they look into it, the more that they can see that there's a serious issue. And we're going to have to bring this before the courts and have the courts respond to it. Yeah, Matt, really, or Matt, excuse me, Ted, I'm sorry. It's been a, it's a Friday. So, Ted, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
Thank you. God bless. Have a great weekend. All right. You too. Uh, you know, you said two million votes changed. Once again, that hasn't been proven, obviously, but it's something that a lot of folks are looking into. And of course, if that somehow becomes the case, uh, well, talk about egg on your face with the media, not to mention President Trump could indeed have a second term. If that happens, that could be the smoking gun. We'll back in a Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. And I can tell you something right now. Uh, Donald Trump, if you heard, he doesn't really like Fox News. Okay, Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram. He, he likes them. The rest of Fox News, where's the sound effect? Dan, our producer, very good at sound effects. You know, I don't want to do it, but, but thumbs down. Anyhow, here is my interview with Donald Trump, President Donald Trump from a few months ago, talking about Fox News. Have a look. What's going on with Fox News exactly? You've been very critical of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't like what they're doing at Fox Why News. Why is that? Uh, they have people on that uh, network that are horrible, vicious. You have people that work for Schumer. You have people that uh, are unbelievably against us and viciously, and they spew lies. Commentators, it's, I, I'm not happy with Fox. I will tell you that right now. People think I should be happy. I'm not happy with Fox at all. Mm -hmm. All I do is give them good ratings, and frankly, uh, and, and my supporters feel the same way. You know, there was a study the other day in a, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, in the Washington Post, mm -hmm. that I have probably, possibly, the strongest base in history. The history of politics, okay? Could be. And my base hates what Fox News is doing. Compare them to the old days with Roger Ailes. Mm. Because you have to understand, we're against CNN, and we're against MSDNC, which is, you know, mm -hmm. right? You know what that is. And they're two horrible networks. Mm -hmm. And they don't put anything, they put nothing ever positive. Whereas Fox News wants to be politically correct all of a sudden. So Fox News, I'm not happy with them, but that's okay. And they can do whatever they want. Uh, I think my people understand it and I understand it, but Roger Ailes would have never let this happen. We have 100% against, 100% those two. And you know, our people are the ones that got Fox to be in first place. Mm -hmm. The only one that doesn't know that is Fox. <laughs> the Trump supporters do not like Fox. We have great people, Sean Hannity, Laura, Fox and Friends, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, you watch Fox, watch Fox, try watching Fox sometime over the weekend. Mm. It's like a complete hit job during the day, during the day weekend. It's like a hit job. It's like a hit job. I thought he said hijab, like, you know, the, the Muslim hijab. Hijab. I was, oh, no, hit job is what he said. Anyhow, that's a whole other issue. Uh, look, it's going to change. The landscape's going to change. I can tell you right now, whether or not he's president or he's no longer president, it's coming. We're back in line. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. It's a Friday. It's our last block. It's, uh, you know, we've got to take a load off. The only way to better end a Friday segment would be like with an all-you-can-eat buffet, but with COVID, you know, <laughs> not doing that. Uh, but the second best way would be with Sophie Mann, who, of course, is here with JustTheNews.com. Hello, Sophie. I'm thrilled by that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Yeah, let me try to dial that back. But I'm not quite sure what I was trying to say. No, I love it. Okay, great. I'll unpack that later. Okay, good. Uh, all right. So what's going on over at JustTheNews.com? Because there's always an election 
election madness. Yes. So we've been keeping everybody up to date on all of these sort of internal little fights happening in these contested states. So right now we have a story um, up on the site about Maricopa County, Arizona, a place that has been causing a lot of friction, a lot of questions. You know, they, they called Arizona, they took it back, they called it again. Um, you know, Biden's still leading. Uh, in electoral college points in uh, from most major networks, but nothing has been official, nothing's been certified. So I know at the end of the day, this week, the chairwoman of the Maricopa County GOP has been asked to resign and has in fact resigned um, after it was discovered that she failed to attend a testing session for the Dominion voting machine. Oh my gosh! Yes, I know. Can can Wait, you believe? You got to show up for that. Hindsight being twenty twenty, she might have showed up. Right. But um, so she, you know, she at, at the time of the testing. It was reported to her that the machines were working. There really was no reason to believe that they weren't. You should show up for your job, all else being equal. But, um, you know, she believed that they were working after Arizona became this heavily contested county. Um, Maricopa County became heavily contested. Uh, it became clear that the Dominion machines were posing issues in a lot of different parts of the country. And so all of a sudden officials had to take account for their actions. Um, despite the fact that officials uh, on on both sides of the aisle in Maricopa County are at this juncture still um, attesting to the to the machine's functionality. So they're saying that they did work. They still did do their job. We're still redoing all of this ballot counting and whatnot. But uh, she answered the call to resign. She did, in fact, resign. The, the Arizona GOP party, and I think we're going to see this in a lot of different places, is at the moment split down the middle of those who continue to defend President Trump um, and, you know, are arguing that maybe something a little bit sketchy, a little bit weird happened. We're not 100 percent sure what, but the litigation is forthcoming. Mm -hmm. And the members of the the more especially in Arizona, the John McCain style Republicans, yeah. the down the center, the Mitt Romneys, those who just kind of want the lay of the land to continue as it is, yeah. um, who are saying, you know, the election is over. Joe Biden will be president in January. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, that's a tough spot for her to be in. You know, hindsight 2020. Yeah. For sure. All right. So if you have a great weekend. All right. Well, I will. Uh, I'll be here Monday. Uh, you know, as we like to say, Lord willing, uh, Senator James Lankford on the show. Hey, that's going to be fun. I uh, just heard about that and a lot more. We'll see you Monday.